My name is Bill Crockett, and this is Touch of the Master's Hand. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, everyone. This is Bill Crockett, and this is Touch of the Master's Hand. Once again, we're continuing our series entitled Living for God in an Ungodly World, and we're on Episode 7, entitled The Distractions of the World. We first understood last time in our episode that Satan is the mastermind who actually promotes the ungodliness in this world. He is known as the God of this world. So how does he work? Remember 2 Corinthians 4.4 tells us he blinds the minds of those who do not believe. So how does he blind human beings? One of the main ways is to keep them interested in everything except God. So let's look at several verses in 1 John chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse in chapter or 1 John chapter 2 rather. We're going to begin in verse 15 and we're going to go down through verse 17 and we're going to look at three distractions that Satan uses to blind human beings and keep them preoccupied with everything except God. So let's start in verse number 15. The Bible says, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Remember when we first began this study, we learned that the basic premise for living for God is that we love God supremely. And as a result, we love others. John is warning us not to love the world or the things it offers us. Why? Because if we do, that supreme love, he says, that we're supposed to have for the Father will not be in us. So we see that Satan begins by trying to dilute our love for God. He wants us to fall in love with what the world has to offer. And verse 16 will begin telling us what that is. So let's look at 1 John 2, 16. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. There's the first one. A craving for everything we see. That's the second. And the third, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. What this means is these three things do not come from God but they come from the God of this world, Satan. This verse describes what the world is offering us. It says, for the world offers only, and then it lists these three things. So let's go through these three things and see if we can't identify what they are. First of all, the Bible says the world offers us a craving for physical pleasure. This can include anything that makes us feel good physically, from sex to drugs, alcohol, and even eating and drinking. Satan wants us to be so consumed with getting that physical pleasure that we forget about God and what he says is best for us. For example, many a marriage has been ruined because someone had a physical craving for another person who was not their spouse, and they gave in to what Satan was selling and ignored what God said about sexual immorality. So first of all, the world will offer us a craving for physical pleasure. Number two, the world offers a craving for everything we see. This is called coveting. It's wanting what we do not have. If we want it, we should be able to have it because after all, we deserve it. 
Therefore, we'll do whatever we can to get it. People go into debt. They cheat. They steal. They lie. They hurt their family and their friends just so they can have what they want. Many people have ruined their lives trying to get things only to find those things don't bring true happiness. Once we have them, we just want more. I also want to point out here that it's the craving that's the problem, not necessarily the things themselves. For example, let's take money. Quite often, the Bible is misquoted when people say that money is the root of all evil. However, this is what the Bible says. But people who long to be rich, longing to be rich or their driving motivation is to be rich. They fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires. Notice the word desire or craving. That's what they're trapped by, their foolish and harmful desires, not money. Those desires plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money, not money itself, that's the root of all kinds of evil. The problem is making our love for money a higher priority than our love for God and for others. And the Bible goes on to say, and some people craving money, there's that word crave again, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. As you can see in these verses, it's not money that causes the problems, but rather the desire and craving for it. So let me pause to say this. There's nothing wrong with having nice things with enjoying physical pleasure or being happy about the things God has blessed us with or the accomplishments he's allowed us to achieve. The key is to recognize God in all of it, not to allow these things to drive us away from God or eliminate God from our life altogether. My favorite verse in the Bible is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, where Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. The key to life is putting God first, making him the reason for our existence, and he'll take care of everything else. So the world offers a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and then finally, John said, it offers pride in our achievements and possessions. Look what I have, my new house, my new car, my name brand clothes, etc., etc. Social status and position become the driving motivation for life. Now, Satan wants all three of these things, craving for physical pleasure, craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions to become the goal of our human existence. The thing that dominates our thinking and drives us to do everything we do. The things we fall in love with, if that becomes true, God at best will be an afterthought. At worst, he won't be believed in at all. So what's the outcome of falling in love with these things rather than God? Look at chapter 2 of 1 John in verse 17. And this world is fading away 
along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. In essence, if we live our life for the cravings and the offerings of this world, they will all fade away and be gone when we die. The old saying is true. We can't take it with us when we die. But if we choose to live our life for God, what we invest our life in will last forever. Mainly, the number of people we impact for Jesus with our life. And most importantly, the investment we make individually in our own salvation and our eternal destiny in heaven because we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now that's something Satan does not want to happen. So in summary, when we refer to an ungodly world, we're not talking about the beauty of nature or the majestic mountains or the vast oceans. It has nothing to do with the wonder of the physical characteristics of this world in which we live. However, it has everything to do with the philosophy of how we live and the resulting culture that's created because of that philosophy. We also see that the mastermind behind this philosophy is Satan. And the three main characteristics of this philosophy, as we've just looked at in 1 John 2, are craving physical pleasure, craving everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions, to the point we ignore God completely. Therefore, when we talk about living for God in an ungodly world, we're talking about living by a totally different philosophy than what the world around us is living by. In this study, we'll strive to learn from the Bible God's philosophy of living. It's that philosophy that will teach us how to live for God in an ungodly world. In our next episode, we'll begin to investigate how to study the Bible so we can actually understand God's philosophy of living. Let's pray. Father, thank you that even though we live in a world that is trying to push you out, through the teaching of the Scripture and the help of the Holy Spirit, we can live for you in an ungodly world. Father, may we have the desire to do just that. We love you and thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today and God bless you.